Welcome to Teaching Borderlands. This is a podcast series that seeks to expand our vision of the U.S. borderlands, particularly in theological education. I'm your host for this podcast series. My name is Efrain Agosto, uh, a member of this uh, uh, Wabash Borderlands team. And uh, I have with me today uh, Professor Gregory Cuellar, another member of our team. Uh, Dr. Cuellar is prof Associate Professor of Hebrew Bible at Austin Presbyterian Theological Seminary in Austin, Texas. Uh, Professor Cuellar, uh, besides his teaching and research and service to, uh, to both school and community, uh, is an accomplished uh, author. He's published uh, several recent books, two in particular. The one I want to mention that's most pertinent to our work uh, in, this, in this podcast and in this project is uh, entitled Sacralizing the Other at the U.S.-Mexico Border, uh, a Borderland Hermeneutic. It's published just this year by Palgrave uh, Mac Macmillan Press. And so I want to welcome uh, Dr. Cuellar uh, to this time uh, together with me uh, and invite him to introduce himself and say a little bit about his experience as a theological educator, uh, what has nurtured and sustained him in this journey as an educator, uh, particularly in biblical studies. Uh, and then we'll talk a bit about this project and about uh, his experience uh, teaching uh, uh, on the borderlands. So welcome, Greg. Thank you, Ephraim, for that welcome. I'm glad to be here with you. It's good to have you, uh, uh, Dr. Cuellar. I want to call you Greg and Dr. Mm -hmm. Cuellar throughout the broadcast. We're, we're old friends, and so mm -hmm. uh, uh, our familiarity and, and, and colleagueship, colleagueship is important uh, uh, to this podcast and to our work together. So tell me a little bit about uh, how long you've been teaching, about your setting and where you teach, uh, and, and how it connects to this project and, and the whole idea of being theological educators in, uh, uh, in contact uh, with the border? Yeah, that's a good question. Thank you. Most of my experience as a theological educator has been in Texas. I immediately started teaching graduate level uh, courses as a TA when I was in my doctoral program at Bright Divinity School. And from that point on, teaching in my area of, of specialty, Hebrew Bible. I've, that was in 2005 when I started to enter the classroom. And from that point on was, I, f I felt that I, I was in my place hmm. as a theological ed educator and as a Latino uh, theological educator. I also became aware of the geographical location where I was starting to teach in, in theological education, it being a unique geographical location, Bright Divinity being near, being in Texas, we're a border state. So I was in conversation already with other experts theological educators who were thinking about borderlands mm. and Daisy, Dr. Daisy Machado was early on a mentor of mine when I was at Bright Divinity School, finishing up my, my doctoral degree. And she had a program 
under the title Borderland Institute, where she would invite speakers to come and address issues pertaining to borders, the borderlands, and their teaching in either religious studies or theology or Bible. And that became the environment that started to stimulate my ideas and invigorate my interest in teaching in Texas, being in contact with the borderlands. Uh, so after 2005, I went off to pastor a church as a bilingual uh, pastor of a Baptist church in Bryan, Texas. And the combination of teaching, having already been exposed to some teaching during my doctoral program and pastoring, afforded me insight to just the range of learning that is possible in theological education involving not just the academy, not just the, the classroom, but also the church as also an important space for teaching and having access to Spanish speakers in, in the church was important. So through those two spaces right early on, I tried to harness that in, in subsequent opportunities, whether as an adjunct teacher, which I did at SMU and teaching for a program, it was a B.H. Carroll Theological Institute. And then eventually in my full-time position at Austin Presbyterian Theological Seminary, all have been here in Texas, but just growing and evolving around this, the geography where I'm at and the needs of the Latinx community, Spanish-speaking education, Spanish-speaking theological education. Mm -hmm. Those have all been part of my experience, and I'm continuing to, to nourish those multiple elements now as part of my teaching at, at a Presbyterian seminary. So uh, you were in the pastorate, you were engaging uh, directly uh, uh, with folks who uh, had traveled across the border, uh, at least some uh, from in that pastoral experience. And then you took a turn toward uh, theological education, specifically uh, biblical studies. Um, say a little bit about, uh, and you've alluded to it, uh, but, but more specifically about the connection uh, uh, between teaching biblical studies and uh, teaching uh, uh, both folk from the border, but uh, folk who live on the border, near the border, but don't pay much attention to it. They, you know, they might come to seminary for, uh, you know, to become pastors and, 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 or to do biblical studies and oftentimes don't even see the connection uh, between uh, their work in biblical studies uh, whether it be historical critical analysis um, or, or biblical preaching, uh, they, they often don't see, uh, I would imagine, uh, uh, folks that come to seminaries, uh, even from Texas, uh, uh, the connection between their work in biblical studies and theological education and preparation for pastoral ministry and other kinds of ministry and the context of the border and the borderlands. But you have taken a, a, a made a commitment to that kind of intersection, if you will, 
between biblical studies and border to be that specific. Say a bit more about that. Yeah, it's, it's both hard to avoid the border in Texas, but also it can be easy for 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 those uh, for people to forget where we are geographically. And when I read scripture as a, a Latino biblical scholar, I come to it with my own particular cultural context, my own subjectivity. I have, uh, I'm an eighth generation Texan. Uh, my family have been in the region since the Spanish colonial period. Mm. We say in South Texas, we didn't cross the border. The border crossed us. Mm-hmm. And this upbringing and, and historical memory that has been with me since my childhood, that has entered into how I read biblical texts. And what becomes emph- emphasized or what is emphasized often in my reading right, is, are the, the migratory movements that we find in throughout the Hebrew Bible, starting either with the exile of Adam and Eve from the Garden of Eden or the patriarchs mm. in their migration, Israel migrating out of Egypt, Joshua and their entry, their return migration to the land of Canaan. Then you go into the prophetic literature and you see the exile and imaginations of, of, of a return to Jerusalem. Those themes are strong themes. They're, they're significant themes in the Hebrew Bible. And I drew to them because of what I've experienced here in Texas near the U.S.-Mexico border, where migration is such an important part of the social reality. Mm-hmm. And it, 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 the connection between the two seemed like low-hanging fruit for me mm-hmm. as, as, as a biblical scholar, to be able to bring the two together and to show that migration is happening in the biblical text, but it's also happening around us. And attuning students to the social reality of that experience, of what it means to leave one's homeland in search of of a better place. And so the the connection, it it didn't take much to to forge, but what what you end up discovering in making the connection are, is that our students, uh, contemporary readers, they have their own assumptions when it comes to the border, when it comes to migration. There are, there's political uh, nuances that are often brought along in the process of connecting biblical migration with contemporary forms of migration. And you have to deal with that. That's where the most of the the negotiation and and tension lie, right? It's in that how 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 to accept such a connection is not always easy. Though it may be obvious, it's not easy. Yeah. yeah. So 
Um, say a bit about the, the some specific experiences uh, given this commitment to this bilateral, bicultural, bi-geographical uh, dialogue, Bible and border, seminary and migration. Um, some specific experiences, now I happen to know that you uh, have worked with folk, including children who've, who've come across, you've uh, had this magnificent art project uh, that I've seen that, that's been on exhibit that you've traveled around the country with it and you've written about it. Um, so, so talk about uh, some specific experiences of teaching on and about the border and the people that you've encountered, both students and, and, uh, uh, and the migrant, uh, uh, but also this art project, which uh, has fascinated uh, so many of us uh, recently. Yes, it's you know, one thing to talk about contemporary migration in the classroom and then connect it to the biblical texts, and, and, and then a completely different thing to actually witness it firsthand and realizing the difficulty that some students were having in making the connection between contemporary migration and what we see as migration in the ancient world or in as it, as it is expressed in the Hebrew Bible, I thought we need to take this a step further. Students need to witness firsthand people who are migrating hear from them, listen to the stories, and that that develops a much, uh, a much more sophisticated view of the, the lived experience of migration. They're able to ask new questions. They're able to dismiss superficial assumptions mm. and come to a deeper understanding of not only what it takes to migrate, but then glean insight from that lived experience in their readings of the biblical text. Mm -hmm. So I proposed a, a course at my seminary as an immersion course that was to, you know, it was taking students over to the border, starting with Eagle Pass, which is the closest port of entry for my school in Austin. It's about three and a half hours hmm. travel to a major port of entry. So starting there and then just taking them over to Laredo and then McAllen and Brownsville. And in each of those places, speaking with activists, community leaders, pastors, and also asylum seekers engaging with asylum seekers, working at two respite centers and being at the bus station in McAllen, where many of the, the at the time, asylum seekers were being released from temporary immigration detention, working as volunteers, providing them with the immediate needs that they um, were asking for in their transition to their host houses. Th those... That course uh, early on that I, I was able to create and execute really took this classroom experience to a whole different level. It allowed students 
to see the, the materiality of these realities. That it's not just intellectual mm-hmm. and it's not abstract in the, the-, in the, the- theological. Uh, it has some flesh to it. These are people's lives. And hopefully, right, in, in that, the, the objective is that you create uh, more sympathetic citizens and who are, who are willing to engage mm-hmm. uh, the, this, this issue and that they have both resources biblically, theologically, but also the, the praxis that they, they, they've been there. They've been in the context. So since 2015, I've offered this course uh, where it's a, a one-week travel seminar over to the border, taking students and exposing them to the realities that are there from different dialogue partners. And apart from just the formal classroom, right, that formal course, uh, the travel seminar, I've also done informal trips with students and clergy, religious leaders to help out in welcoming asylum seekers, single parent families who are seeking refuge in the U.S. to be a welcoming party upon their arrival, uh, either at the bus station or at one of the respite centers along the Texas-Mexico border, working with children, doing art with them, and raising awareness from the art that many of the asylum seekers have gifted to us. And that is the project that uh, I've been doing since 2014 with my wife, Arte de Lágrimas, a refugee artwork project. I'm curious about the impact in both seminarians going to the border and, and, and these courses over the years, returning back to their settings, some of them becoming after seminary pastors, um, uh, those who've, in, who've seen uh, the Alte de Lagrimas project, the artwork of children and young adults around their border experiences, connecting it to biblical stories. Uh, I'm just curious about the impact that you've seen, perhaps as graduates from Austin and uh, other schools have come to see you after the fact. Uh, any testimonies to that kind of feedback uh, with these kinds of course experiences, seminary course experiences on the ground, on the border, in light of biblical uh, uh, stories, uh, in light of the students, uh, the, the young people's experiences on the border, uh, in their artwork, etc. Could you bear testimony to some of the impact that uh, students and seminarians have given you about that? Yes, sure. So one of the things that keeps me in theological education is when I see a former student continuing some of the 
efforts that they've learned in my class are learned on a trip that they've taken with me to the Texas-Mexico border to see them engage as leaders, to engage in the public square and voice some of the injustices that happen on a daily basis against vulnerable people, children, those who have who are coming from poverty and scarcity and are treated inhumanely, not only during the journey, but when they also arrive to the place that they are seeking, where they are seeking refuge, where they are seeking asylum. Mm-hmm. And that those experiences that students have and the connections that I make with the Bible and migration, talking about the borderlands, talking about the reality of, of migrants who are just within a day's drive, mm-hmm. that is an incubating experience for them. And then when they go out and are engaged in those very issues, I begin to see my calling being fulfilled and satisfied in the sense that I'm starting to refine through those experiences, seeing the end results. I, I begin to refine what my calling is as a theological educator. Mm-hmm. It, and I begin to, I'm, I'm starting to see that what I'm doing in the classroom doesn't necessarily have in view this abstract institution we call the church, mm. right? That, that's no longer the case. What I'm beginning to see is that my m- calling has to do with these individual leaders that are coming out from seminary and from out graduating from 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 uh, the program that I teach at and see them be age um, ch- change agents mm-hmm. that you know getting an invitation from a former student to go and give a lecture on Arte de Lagrimas in Ithaca, mm-hmm. right? And to see his enthusiasm for this project and wanting others to learn about it. But he, apart from me there being there, he's also engaged in this issue there in the Northeast, uh, seeing African-American students finding not only you know, the, the issue of Black Lives Matter as one that is occurring on the streets of the U.S., but it's also occurring at the Texas-Mexico border, mm-hmm. right? This, and that has also to see their uh, sensibilities heightened and, and then begin to engage um, mm-hmm. the, the political domain and be a, a voice of justice for those who are the most vulnerable, it becomes a, such a fulfilling mm-hmm. uh, um, experience 
for me as a theological educator to see it's like, like a constellation of leaders that is being created. Mm -hmm. A constellation. They they are the they're their own little churches. <laughs> yeah. So you and I. Uh, this brings me to the topic of the other topic uh, of this podcast, which is this project that you and I and several other colleagues, uh, Latinx colleagues, have engaged around uh, the borderlands uh, theological education uh, uh, with grant support from the Wabash Center for Teaching uh, Religion and Theology. Um, say a little bit about why you decided to become involved in this project as it relates to this impact that you're having uh, with your school, with your seminary, uh, and the leaders that are emerging from it. Uh, so talk about a little bit about the Wabash Project, uh, um, and 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 your uh, engagement with it, and what you hope to that it that to get out of it. Well, I thought the stars had aligned for me when I was presented with the opportunity to work with some special people: Daisy Machado, Eduardo Fernandez, Teresa Delgado, Efrain Agosto. You have been mentors. You have been, I have admired you from afar. And the opportunity to work with team members who have been committed to the issues pertaining to the Latinx community, the, the injustices, the victories, the revolutions, mm -hmm. those are, those are, you want to be in that kind of environment. For me, that's primary in terms of attracting me to this project. And then my own commitment to the issue of borderlands, realizing that ATS members' schools are contributing to the production of religious leaders in the U.S. and even around the world. And Migration is an important topic, and it involves borderlands, the movement of people in search of refuge. Hmm. And it's to have the leaders that are coming from these schools, right, not be acquainted in some degree with such an important site, the borderlands. And here I'm thinking of the borderlands from Tijuana to the shores of Puerto Rico. Mm -hmm. And that, that site, right, that division between the Spanish-speaking world, the English-speaking world and the Spanish-speaking world is a site of violence. Mm. It's, a, it's a site of trauma. And it continues to burden many of our brothers and sisters in the Latinx community. And so to not have leaders, religious leaders, who are at some of the best theological schools in the world, who have at their disposition resources and um, information to sharpen their, their theological sensibilities and to make, equip them to be leading figures in areas of justice, 
to not have these leaders, to not have this generation of students have something, uh, know something about borderlands, I think is uh, detrimental to the entire theological educational uh, enterprise here in the U.S. We need leaders to have some exposure that is done properly, that has depth, complexity, is interdisciplinary, mm -hmm. um, and, and to, to have some knowledge of it. So this project is allowing us as seasoned Latinx professors, administrators, to uh, scholars to come together and to engage in conversations with ATS member schools about the importance of this site hmm. for theological education. Yeah, and so we'll be going uh, uh, around uh, various schools around the country talking about these issues in the Northeast and the Southeast and the Southwest, of course, with you, uh, and, and, and hopefully in the Midwest and the West. Um, after all is said and done, uh, you've published in this area, I'd like you to say a little bit about your book, Resacralizing the Other at the U.S.-Mexico Border, a Borderland Hermeneutic as, as a product of these experiences in terms of, uh, of your research and reflection uh, on the Bible and on the border. Uh, so, you know, you, you're used to uh, 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 not just uh, uh, teaching and talking, but writing and publishing about these issues. Uh, talk a little bit about the book, but, but also how, wh where do we go next in terms of, 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 of research and writing in these areas, particularly in light of this project, this Borderlands, this Wabash Borderlands project uh, that is engaging several of us. What, what, could be pro what could be potential products of that engagement with theological education of border, given the kinds of products that you uh, have engaged with in your research and writing? Well, the book has been something that I've had as a project for the past five years. I've been presenting at, at various venues on topics related to the borderlands and, and hermeneutics. So that this book is a, the culmination of various presentations that I've made and also the current work that I'm doing with the Arte de Lagrimas my hope is that people who engage the book will be inspired to think more critically about what's going on politically as it pertains to the border and migration, mm. uh, understanding a bit more about the creation of the other through state mechanisms and how the other is at you know the, the other is broad but it also the the other is the victim of violence state sanctioned violence and i want to so I, it's it's there's some elements that pertain to reading of scripture but there's also an indictment on power structures that have continued to demonize brown and black bodied people and that that demonization results in state-sanctioned violence against their lives, 
And at the rate that that is going, this is reaching genocidal proportions. So th- these are some early, this is a, a theological in nature. It's, there's an attempt to, to want to reframe certain ideas as it pertains to the borderlands. And of course, my, one of the thinkers who has who inspired much of my thinking, uh, Gloria Anzaldúa's work on Frontera has been instrumental in the writing of this book. In terms of you know, what I hope our work does and just future projects, we, we the ongoing reality of people in movement from either escaping war, escaping scarcity, and now with climate change, escaping rising sea levels, Mm. we are still needing to be at the front lines of this topic of borderlands, of migration, mass migration. And to have ATS member schools keep fresh these ideas and not to to ha- allow them to subside and get, in order to make room for other ideas that may appear more sexy to them but does you know it's 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 diverting and oftentimes from from some of the recurring and abiding issues in our society i j- i just hope that we're able to continue to keep at the forefront some of those major areas of concern that people within the Latinx community have as part of their lived experience. And migration is certainly part of it. It's the policing, it's the demonization, the made to seem, you know, the the, sort of the automatic connection with otherness stranger mm-hmm. alien that that the those mentalities create the same disparities that we're seeing today and we we need to continue to have these conversations so i'm looking forward to just having the conversations and perhaps nudging some schools to to think more concretely about programming mm-hmm about content, bibliography, right? Even, even the faculty dynamic, the faculty profile, what the experts you have at the table. So those are some of the things that uh, I hope we can inspire mm-hmm. schools to, to think about as we, we, we go about doing this work expanding the Latinx vision of borderlands at ATS member schools. Greg, um, our time is just about up and uh, you have certainly addressed the the issues uh, both that uh, many of us care about uh, in this, uh, in our careers as theological educators uh, and certainly those that you care about uh, uh, together with us and that this project, uh, the Wabash Borderlands uh, theological Education Project cares about. Um, and as we close uh, this, this particular podcast, 
any any parting words that you want to be sure get on, on the table? I know that we are, uh, this is a, a moment fraught historically uh, for, 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 for the U.S. nation as it uh, confronts uh, uh, a very important and, and contested election that uh, has a, a lot of implications for what we do uh, with our uh, brothers and sisters uh, uh, coming from uh, the southern border and beyond. So uh, there's a lot of issues on the table, and certainly this project uh, uh, won't solve all of them, but it certainly is going to be on the forefront of many of them, particularly with regard to theological education. So any thoughts as we, as we close our time together that you want to be sure uh, become part of this uh, engagement? So when we envision this project, a lot of the, the major components were put on paper prior to the pandemic and prior to this, the escalation of racial violence that we've seen in the U.S., revisiting this project and, and, and how it was pr proposed to Wabash, it now I feels, it feels like it has a new energy. Mm. There's a, the, the stakes are, are higher, though we tried to name the stakes, we tried to cast the vision that has at the forefront justice, justice for those who have been criminalized, those who are the, the objects of hate because of racial logics, border logics. It's now becoming more and more a, a priority. This is not a, another item on the CV. This, this has now made, made uh, real the work that we need to do and to be voices of leadership to offer a public response to what's going on, the disparities in terms of the, those who have died from the virus those who are witnessing racial violence mm -hmm. in urban areas and on the border, we are at the forefront of a moment of change that could go in the direction of democracy and liberation or take us into a place of tyranny, dictatorship. A lot of the, that, that place that has become the, the very reason why people are leaving. Hmm. And so we, we are in a crucible moment and I'm looking forward to engaging in this project. At this stage, we're having to do it virtually to get the conversation started. But we, I want the public to know that we're, uh, I'm honored to be a part of a team who want to voice a response a, uh, th that has depth, substance, that people can, can be encouraged by and strengthened by. And so that's, that's what I leave with the audience. Thank you so much, Professor Gregory Cuellar. 
Associate Professor of Hebrew Bible at Austin Presbyterian Seminary in Austin, Texas. Uh, this has been a, a, a wonderful time with you to discuss uh, this Teaching Borderlands project. Uh, we look forward to uh, further podcasts and conversations with our other colleagues in the project, Dr. Daisy Machado, Dr. Teresa Delgado, Dr. Eduardo Fernandez. Uh, my name is Efrain Agosto, uh, and it's been my honor to uh, engage Gregory Cuellar in this conversation, and I look forward to our other conversations as we continue uh, engaging this important topic of teaching borderlands uh, in dialogue with the seminaries and theological schools of the Association of Theological Schools. Thanks again, Gregory, and thanks to all of you who tuned in uh, this afternoon. Thank you for listening to this episode of Teaching Borderlands. The host of this podcast is Dr. Efren Agosto from New York Theological Seminary. Music was produced by Mrs. Naomi Cuellar and edited by Aidan Nathaniel Diaz. This podcast was made possible by the generous funding from the Wabash Center for Teaching and Learning in Theology and Religion. You can find more about this project at artelegrimas.org.